Hey folks, it's Rico. This is going to be podcast 664. What day is it? It's December, right? December 3rd, 2017. This week, uh, as is a little bit of a follow-up to last week's show about uh, Wizard World Austin, Austin Comic Con, Wizard World Austin Comic Con, whatever you want to call it. I did the big vidcast, of course. Uh, that you can find over on YouTube. Or Vimeo. Vimeo, uh, you can always find my videos there, V-I-M-E-O dot com forward slash Trekkie. Uh, on Treks, or on, uh, sorry, on YouTube, it is, just search for Treks in Sci-Fi. I think that should get you there. Or Trek SF, either one, I think should get you to my uh, my YouTube channel. Anyway, um, so that vidcast is up. It's about 45, 48 minutes long, something like that. A lot of music videos, a lot of fun to do that last weekend. Took a lot of time, but... Always uh, great to look back at the photos and video from the con. This week, uh, what I'm going to do for you, we're going to have a little bit of a shorter uh, audio podcast for you. Uh, Jen, Angela, and I, uh, along with Noah, although I don't, I don't think Noah's in this one, uh, the uh, we recorded about three or four, I think, little shows uh, right at the convention, right at the booth, the Anomaly booth there at the convention in Austin. And this is one of those, and I wanted to share this one with you for a couple of reasons. One, I think it's a good one especially, and uh, it's all about Star Trek Discovery. So a big spoiler warning, if you're not caught up on Star Trek Discovery, this uh, this episode we talk about the last couple of episodes uh, before it hit the mid-season break. I think they're episodes 8 and 9 of the series, basically, that we cover, uh, up again to the mid-season finale that happened uh, three weeks ago, maybe, or so. Uh, so it's been out for a bit. So if you are watching the show, you've, you've undoubtedly seen these episodes now, but we talk definitely about these, uh, lots of spoilers, lots of, uh, our, our thoughts. And, uh, so, uh, I thought this would be fun for you guys to hear. It's about only about a 35 or so minute, uh, little, um, show that we did. You'll hear some background noise because we're recording at the convention, but I don't think the audio quality is that bad. I don't think my mic at the show was the greatest, uh, so you might, you may, that may sound a little funny, but anyway, the point is the content, of course, and I think it's definitely listening, listenable, listenable. <laughs> uh, I think you'll enjoy what or listening to it. Uh, Jen and Angela already released this over on Anomaly, but uh, I know there are people that listen to one podcast and not the other, and so forth. So uh, if you don't subscribe to Anomaly, though, definitely subscribe because those the Jen and Angela do a great job over there. Just go to anomalypodcast.com or check their Facebook group out and, and all that. And, uh, and and please check out the videos that we've done. I'm actually going to record later today with, with Jen and Angela. We're going to talk about the con because they're going to put out a video, a report about it uh, on their own feed. So, um, yeah, lots of cool stuff from the convention. Uh, lots lots of uh, pictures, lots of video. i got to get my pictures up on Flickr soon. So, uh and then uh, the schedule for December is looking like, well, maybe I'll come back at the very end and tag this at the end of, uh, of the show. So maybe I'll do that. Uh, yeah, that's probably what I'll do. So uh, here we go with uh, the Wizard World uh, Trek Spot Con Floor podcast with uh, Jen and Angela from Anomaly and myself, uh, Rico from Treks in Sci-Fi. So give it a listen, and I'll be back at the end of the show to give you an update on what's coming up on the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. 
Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. This is day three of Austin Comic-Con, and we thought we would take the opportunity while the doors have not opened yet. It's still kind of quiet. It's just vendors right now. But we thought we'd take the opportunity to talk about the um, fall finale of Star Trek Discovery, especially since we have Rico with us. Yep. Hello. Hello. And we were going to have Noah on, but he has not finished yet, so... We're just leaving him out. <laughs> yes, he hasn't arrived yet, so we thought this is a good opportunity to talk about it and not spoil it for him. Yeah, so. did he say he's watched some of it? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. two episodes. He just Left. needs to watch those last two episodes. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited. I feel like the show has gone, like it was- Where no man has gone before? Third, third, yes. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like it started off, I was so skeptical and I was kind of lukewarm about it and I was trying to give it a chance. But I'm feeling pretty good about the last couple of episodes. And it feels more Star Trek-y. It is interesting. And I don't know, what is y'all's general review? Yeah, no, I agree completely. It's, I mean, I think every episode, for me at least, has made it more... Um, better, better, yeah. Intriguing, yeah. more interesting. And I, and I think I was telling one of you sometime, I've lost track of time, but <laughs> just like, uh, yeah, the show. But... Um, I, I think that uh, this show has sort of grabbed me quicker than, you know, other Star Trek shows. Sure. I think because of the intensity, yeah. you know, the, wo- the war, you know, yeah. things blowing up, people dying, you know, yeah. spoiler alert, you know, whatever. It, well, that's kind of like a writing hook is to hook the, the reader right away with action. Yeah. And it kind of drags them along like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And that's yeah. the way this is designed. It's not, well, yeah, it's, it's an overarching, yeah, yeah, the serial yeah, the, yeah, that's a big point is the, you know, like mm-hmm. the original the TNG government. pretty much, you know, DS9, not so much, but earlier Star Treks were not, not serial. A, a wrong, it was a, all monster. Long eight. story, which yeah. if you, if you have a serial type, it should become more like yeah. I really want to know what happens next. Yes. Or else they're doing something wrong. Yes. So. Well, we should. Say, yeah. We should warn people that the spoilers we'll, no. we'll be spoiling. <laughs> so spoiling yeah, now. don't yes. if don't say the words, listen if you if we say the word Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> yeah. That's your spoiler. We're gonna alert. spoil. Isn't it funny that it's STD is the? Oh, I was gonna say it's that. It's not though. Of course you. It's would not. Be. It's not it's though. F- There's two points why it's not. First okay, off, go ahead. they don't. There isn't any other. <laughs> Star Trek series that they've used Star Trek as the first two I letters. Know. That's one. Okay. Plus, we've already got you know a little bit of that with their disco shirts. I like yeah. so you just short it to dis or either dis- 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 or D- DSC. Yeah, I ordered Angela and I those Yay! t-shirts. We'll be getting them in December. I'm very excited yeah, about too. that. Yeah, me too. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I first saw it, it was like disco. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it they're took just me a kind second. of telling the fans, this is how you want to abbreviate the show. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a little funny though because it's like, oh, they what? They couldn't put three more letters. The replicator couldn't replicate three more letters. <laughs> I, I, that's just me joking around, but you know, yeah. it is kind of. It's cute. It's, it's cute. I, I have to believe that though, if disco wasn't up. Thing, they oh, would have yeah, never yeah, done yeah. that, right? It would have sure. just said discovery on yeah. the, uh, you know, 
Um, yeah, it works on a couple of different levels. I'm, I'm I cool. hope they do some comment to that at some point. Like somebody makes a comment. Yeah, I'm walking around, you know, like I'm in the 1970s, in the, you know, with disco. my disco shirt on. <laughs> yeah. So the episode, what do we okay. think about it? Yeah, it's the, a two-part it was two, two parts. parts. Yeah. What's, yeah. What's the title of the show? Oh. Um, don't they have the something. weirdest, longest titles. They have the titles. coolest titles. They're cool. And they're, they're, very, they're very meaningful titles, I think. I mean, they've gone from one, they've had one word titles that mean probably and then something to really like, long titles. It's, it's, it's a long sentence. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I don't remember what they are, but they're very cool. So we join our heroes. <laughs> So the the second to the last episode was uh-huh. the one on the planet, correct? Yes, we're yeah. gonna go to the planet. Yeah, yeah. And with the little whatever they are, which is cool because we haven't been on the planet on planets. We haven't had and a. That was an amazing looking episode. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Also, I like it because that episode is when I really started feeling like start more Star Trek because first of all the way team the situation, and then yeah. also you had this like super technical funky solution to a problem and it's like the Futurama references like putting too much air in a balloon it's like it's so simple of course here we have we're gonna just do the thing and the thing and the and then we're gonna be able to see the the cloak device and great and then just we're gonna pl- be plug done. it into the, the plug, the, plug it, in. it into this little thing here yeah yeah we're just yeah. gonna plug it in and it's like as the one thing I like about Star Trek is that that's something that we accept because that's always happens on Star Trek. Like, okay, sure, great. Yeah, <laughs> you just do the thingamajig to the whatchamacallit, and, the and then and then cross and the yeah. cross it with the flux capacitor. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, all right, sure. Yeah. Polarity on the shield. Yes. You know, yeah, all the thing. Anyway, so just I a different frequency that. of the shield, or yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was interesting to see Saru. What happened to him? Yeah, he kind of went. Wonky. He kind of went bonkers, kind of like yeah. Spock with the spores. Yeah, and we I thought at first that the spores were controlling him, but no, that was just his um, reaction, reaction after feeling comfort and, and peace. And, yeah, peace and no anxiety well, for the first time in a long time. And he's like, were, I were, like this. They were maybe not controlling him, but they were certainly, there was an influence. Well, right? but I don't know that that was the intention, right. their active, their You mean the inter- spores' intention? No, the spores weren't controlling him at all. It right. was just the rea- the they were um, giving him a sense of well-being. The interaction between them, yeah, him getting that sense of well-being, his reaction to that was just he didn't want to lose it. Right. It was like heroin. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was like that or like somebody being in pain forever by something yeah. and just being like he kind of described that when he was in the sick bay at yeah. the end, right? Like I was in constant fear always and I wasn't Right, and, and, and he says something like that to and burn he him. Had, right, and then he had yeah. never experienced not having fear and having experienced that for the first time. So it's also an interesting commentary too, because I would hope that most of us have had fe- have had times in our lives we haven't had to feel fear or anxiety. And so to think of a species, it's such a subtle it's such a subtle thing, but thinking of a species whose whole life is is fear is it's just an interesting commentary, I think. And then it makes you kind of turn in. This is what Star Trek should be doing. It should make you, be making you turn in and think about some of the things in your world. And yeah. I, that's, I liked that message. Yeah. Um, but he did kind of get a little, a little uh, angry. And Jim, this was funny, because when Jim and I were watching it, they had made the mention about how fast he could run and stuff, or how fast he could go. And Jim was like, when it, towards the end of the episode, 
We're going to see him running, I bet. I bet we get to see him running. Are we going to see him running, Angela? And I'm of like, course. I bet we see him running. And, and they were like, look at him go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that, that was, awesome. was pretty, yeah. They were like, yeah, I'm stronger, I'm faster, and, and so forth, because uh-huh. I'm prey or whatever. Right, so right. he like runs like a cheetah. I, I don't think I've seen his his legs and feet before this episode. Yeah, and it's He has, yeah, this interesting kind of like... Uh, foot that a horse or a or cat, yeah yep. well not the hooves itself like but just way it slopes in like he's part of a galloping yeah like yeah. horse yeah. on two, two legs right. that's yeah. an interesting design yeah you know the idea is it evolved to let them escape right predators right <laughs> right so, exactly yeah exactly. the better if you were faster and had better hooves hooves right then you could get away from them is yeah. this episode the first half of the season finale yeah yeah, okay. yeah that's what we were talking about and then the other thing that was weird because we talked about this a little bit when we were chatting is that there was also some disconnect things because they made this really big deal about how saru was affected and it's before they really kind of explained it then tyler all of a sudden was able to be transported by the spores like that didn't that just seemed very because they all had to be in the same place to be transported. And then he was like, suddenly the, the spores like brought him. I don't know, that seemed kind of out of nowhere. You didn't get the impression that that was an ability that they had. But I guess it doesn't matter. I mean... Did they bring him? Wait a second. I've only watched it once. It. I don't think they did. I, they were fighting they? and she was trying to I guess use they did. the yeah. thing. And then like all of a sudden the spores kind of... Ca- not the spores, that's the wrong thing. The The planet sort of just brought him yeah. across yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, the forest. Yeah, okay. And it was very like, oh, yeah. okay, I guess. I didn't get the impression that that was possible, but I guess it is. <laughs> so yeah. here we go, you know. Yeah. So we're going to talk about, you want to talk about the very last yeah. one now? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So that um, <coughs> so, it was oh. pretty, what did you call it yesterday, Angela? Badass? Or? It was pretty badass. <laughs> okay, so this is the thing. First of all, we didn't think talk about the very end. Is So the whole point was using that transmitter the or the spike. to be able yeah. to see the cloaking device but mm-hmm. then once the planet interacted with everyone they basically decided that the best thing to do would be to bring the Klingons in and have them together and have them not I don't think they did not mean any harm but they just sent out a signal for the Klingons to come so that they could maybe you know the planet's thinking okay we need to work out a peaceful solution yeah. obviously that was not we knew that's not going to happen it's so, the Picard planet it's the Picard planet <laughs> it's right it's kind of like the um, when, the, when the, the, yeah. the, the super you know whatever it's like they're they're hi- more highly evolved in yeah. a way and so they're like just fi- fix it work this out yeah and it's so, like the ones that out, brought people. the Gorn, and, like the ones that brought the Gorn and the Kirk together. Yes. Know, in a way, the same idea. Yeah. Like, okay, you guys are kind of fighting. Yeah. We'll just bring you together and make you work it out. Right. Okay. Kinda. So, and or make you fight. So then we start yeah. with that's where the this episode starts. The 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 the, the, seri- the season or the fall finale. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and yeah, things are going very interestingly. Um, you we're getting more information about Stamets. Did we talk about Stamets and the thing with Tilly? Was that a different? Episode? Oh, I think that was the beginning of that episode. Yeah, and where he he has he's starting to feel the effects of this, you know, technology being integrated into his body, DNA, yeah, and DNA, and it's a and it's like it, he's seeing the future. We think it's messing him up. It is yeah. messing him up. Although, big in a time. way, maybe it's an advantage, or they're learning, or fi- that's going to be helpful, possibly, maybe. The other part Hard is is that like if I can throw a wrench in. You know, the whole point was they wanted to find someone who could, you know, when, when they did this kind of Hail Mary pass so they could let the tardigrade go, 
the whole point was, you know, inject the DNA and then to somebody who knows what he's getting into. Well, why? There had to be more than one person on that ship that would be willing to submit to that. You I know? think because he's so, so close to the whole well, process. I, I realize that. But the thing is, yeah. is that like, you, it was it was not good for the tardigrade. It's obviously not going to be good for Stamets. And they could tell that. I mean, they, they scream every time they go in there. Yeah. So it's not like they didn't know it wasn't going to do something. So why not like spread it out? Let other people. Let in. other people. And there's probably people, like, because this has been going on now for for a couple months. So why didn't they get someone else to, like, help share the burden? Yeah, that's, that, that's a bit of a, I, 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 thought, know. This, I thought the same thing. It, it, to me, it falls into the TV yes, it's trope like, of, like, we, we can't just have a line of people. Even though Lorca would, would probably be, like, right with you, Angela, and say, like, we need, like, a dozen other yeah, people ready to do this in case you don't make it right, or something else. Yeah. There's one point of it's, failure. He's right. basically a critical component on the ship now. So. Right, and it's not like they're Voyager and they're like so far away from everything and they can't, you know, yeah. sacrifice anyone else. You got to kind of like that. let that one, you know. No, whatever. I know. I mean, I realize it's like, it's like the episode mean, of TNG where they went to Starfleet and like Troy is nowhere because the whole point of the episode is that everybody's lying. And Troy's not in that episode. So, so no one knows. So right. It's like, oh, where's Troy? She's Oh, she's on vacation and visiting her mom or something. And so the whole episode like would have been fixed like in five minutes. You're lying. Minutes You're not lying. Because Troy would have been like, yeah, everybody's lying. So <laughs> let's go home. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I've thought the same thing ever since they got Stamets to do that. Yeah. That like, well, boy, they need a backup, at least a yeah. couple people well, or something. Well, maybe they will eventually, but sure. this is probably... And they never uh, used yeah. some line. They never threw a line out, right? Like saying, like, he had some special, like, no. genetic connection. I, I, I'm no. trying to remember if they ever, like, said something like that or because he knew about the spore drive. I'm going to make a I'm going to make a guess here. Go it's ahead. because his um, he already had a intimate knowledge of how all of that stuff was working because he'd been, you know, it's part of his so that research makes him a science bit and his more. research and so once he just made the the decision to just plug himself into it, they're like, "Okay, wait, we need to make sure that this isn't going isn't going to affect anyone badly." So mm-hmm. I bet they just want to isolate yeah, who it is that is because they have no idea how it's going to affect him. Yeah, and he and did it, was, it They made a point out of saying it was basically against Starfleet right. regulations. Right, exactly. Right? That's the he, other thing. He Maybe they want to modify like, himself. They're going to be in big trouble when they get back. So right. they're, they're in big trouble like, for about a yeah, hundred things. Yeah, for a whole uh, bunch of things. But they're <laughs> so, just trying to limit the damage. <laughs> so the next thing now is that they decide that so they're they have to battle. They have to do something, and so they decide another tricky techno babble solution. You mean do something to do something protect to the the planet from the Klingons? The planet, planet from the Klingons and also. So to protect themselves, protect, yeah. protect themselves, and the Federation and Starfleet, right? And then you know the little trick where he's like, "Well, we're not going to jump back right away. We're going to go to warp and then come back." So technically, we're yeah, because the following Vulcan guy, the admiral, the, the you know right. the new admiral, because the other one's like, "Well, we'll get to that." But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He we'll says, "No, you got to come back," and he's like, "Man." Probably not. Probably we'll, not. We'll, we'll come back slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> slow. So anyway, that that works out, and then they come up with this awesome, ridiculous plan where they're gonna go put these sensors inside the Klingon inside ship. Inside the Klingon ship. And then they're gonna do all these jumps, and that was the stuff that was badass. So first of, and J- Jim's so funny because he's not as Star Trek as me, so he looks at it slightly different, and he's like. Yeah, that's a way to stay hidden is put this big glowing thing in the middle of the cargo bay. Nobody's going to see that. 
I yeah. thought that shot though of them warping oh. and then the and then in, in, uh. engaging the the spore drive, the spore drive at the same boom. time that shroom. was shroom. so shroom. awesome. Oh my gosh, it was so awesome. I was like, out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very very but very well it, done. That was just yeah. like the the uh, tip of the iceberg when it came to geek awesomeness because then yes. they programmed all these jumps. How many? How many? One hundred and thirty-three. And it yeah. was to attack the Klingon vessel. It was like zip, 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 zip. Like they could not. Well, it was to read. Well, it was and they were to reading. sort of attack yeah, defense, reading. but it was uh-huh. mostly because they needed. Saru says That's they need right. all these different points. Right. To mm-hmm. whatever, figure out Scan how they can the Klingons scan through the cloak. cloaking device. Yeah, yeah. Right. get their and frequency. For yeah, get the frequency, and then they were able to. So then the Klingons thought they were cloaked, and then they were able to. To I thought just of it as like a, it almost like a positioning navigation. Right. Thing. Like they can pick up a little something. They've always with cloaks. Or like radar. They can always pick up a little something, but it's never enough to really pinpoint where the ship is. Right. But if you do it enough times, like triangulate. Yeah. 133 times right. or whatever, then they know, okay, that's the frequency or whatever. They're the right there. Right. Shoot. Yeah, and but Michael and uh, Tyler are on the, the oh, right, right. ship this while is this important. is going down. And I can't remember, how did they, how were they able to beam over? They beamed, they beamed? They, when they decloaked. So they, they, de- they decloaked and there was a Brief, brief bit moment. that they didn't have their shields up because that's a because it's a power and drain. they were masking their signature their human signature yeah they were masking their human signature right. but then they when they got the, after they did the first one they went by and they found the admiral yes right they yes. found her and then that was a very weird then, then then some weird stuff started going down she seems like she's pretty injured they find her right because they right. read a human life sign right Cornwall I, and, Cornwall uh, Cornwall Admiral Cornwall. And, uh, right. And then basically they find her, they've planted, how many sensors did they have to plant? Three? Just two. two? Yeah, one on the bridge and one One down in the uh, engineering or whatever. Down in engineering or cargo. So they get the one planted, then they make their way and they read the human sign. They go find the Admiral. Tyler at that point, by then he's freaking out, right? He's kind of having like. Oh, he's got PTSD, which I was wondering. They said that they were going. They said they were going to do that. Like, I, I've seen that, that they were going to address the PTSD. I think they, that just killed the, any of those dumb theories about him being the albino king. Klingon. I don't know. I'm <laughs> still... Unless he's been totally, like, brainwashed and to believe is, what he is. is let's say, let, let me put it this way, though. So. If you were the albino Klingon and you just had a bunch of surgery, surgery and were tortured, uh, that would Maybe, also give you PTSD. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, they know, they know the Federation has telepaths, for example. So, so they would be concerned that maybe they did make him like completely believe who he was. You know, there, there's those. You know, in history, those the idea of the sleeper agents that have been like yeah. basically programmed. Ooh, there's even an episode where Jordy does that. But right. who did that? Because I, the the woman, the Klingon woman, there's something going on with her. Okay, she's yeah, and so, also. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. He goes in, he has this episode um, where it's post-traumatic stress syndrome. It was um, triggered when he saw her because right. she's right. the one that, that tortured, you know, him, tortured him, and him. and Yeah, he just collapses basically. Then, and he's then Burnham runs off to do the bridge one while she, he kind of stays there to protect the Admiral who seems like she's like paralyzed from like the waist oh, down yeah. or something. She can't move really. Not good, not good. Not good. But don't worry, they have good medicine, Star Trek. Yeah. Fine. Everybody has an implant or yeah, a yeah. Everybody's cybernetic thing. Yeah. Not but worried. It's <laughs> it's funny though. I mean, I mean, it wasn't funny. It was cool how she was able to uh, 
talk him down. Yes. Because she'd been through, they have this a bond now because she's been tortured Well, she's too, also a trained, a trained psychologist yeah. or yeah, yeah, therapist yeah. or something yeah. like yeah. that. She tells that to Lorca when she basically I realizes realize he's messed that. up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's he's sleeping with a face doc- under your pillow. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, so they get through that. Burnham goes, and then, you know, fast forward, uh, the she yeah. engages. Cole is his name. Yeah. Well, Cole. they have that cool translator, universal translator. Oh yeah, she's that's listening cool. Showing, to everything that they're saying, so she's spying as well as. I do yeah. love how they're they're right. showing how the universal translator works. Yes. In that way, uh, because, you know, back in the day, it's just well, you know, we everyone's speaking English. We have a universal translator. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, we, yeah, everybody's speaking English, and then it's like we explain it by, yeah, universal translator. Well, now they're showing, okay, this is like how it works. So you kind of, I like how they showed that, you know, him talking. Yeah. And then you hear it, but then you hear it again, and it's like, oh, okay. They never spent that kind of time I love that. in, like, the network versions of Star Trek series. Well, well they, did a little- they didn't have, probably didn't have the budget. Or the right. time they, they just had a to device the in the original series that did it, and they showed that. But they just said that it did it. And then, but they actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the, in the one episode that it really comes into play, where there's this creature called a companion living on this planet with a guy. They Spock actually builds the thing. For oh, the first okay, time. cool. So that's a history. And then, okay. if you remember, in the early TNG episodes, there are a few episodes where. Where they, they say, just keep talking. The computer will, and their comm badges are supposed to be working with. Yes, okay, And, and there that's was a true. couple where they pick up an alien, and they're like, just keep talking. And, and the more you talk, yeah. the computer and the, and the comm badges will translate it to well, us. Oh, yeah, I just mean, like, I always wondered, like, how that was working. Like, is there an implant that is, like, translating in their head? Or right. is, like, because I like to hear the translation. At the I, I think I've always thought it just... It just says audibly it out, out loud, yeah. and, because, and and it doesn't. And the shows, it looks more like they kind of take a little bit of a leap with that, where the person you could yeah. the audio you see coming out of you right, feel you like see it's out of their mouth, speaking English, right. not really. But what's out of your interesting? What I was thinking during that scene was, oh my gosh, this is going to get her discovered because she's listening to the, the you know the translation, she, she, and it's like they're speaking just really on the care, other side of the bridge. Think, yeah. But it's like it, that would give them away. They need like earbuds or something. I do think, though, that yeah. it was amazing. Get some Bluetooth earbuds <laughs> right? uh, discovery. Like, for a second, I was like, okay, she needs to stay hidden. But then, like, that moment where she decides just to be like, right, screw that was it, like, I'm just going to do this. And you're well, like, all right. Didn't, well. Wasn't there, I don't know if it was before she leaps out and, and basically starts shooting, but it, it had some of it had to do with the, the comm badge thing. Does she not yeah. see him holding a comm badge? Yes. Isn't that the trigger kind yeah, of? Yeah, it's Georgia. A little bit. I mean, she learns about it eventually, mm-hmm. right? But, but yeah. something he says, I can't he remember. Says, I, like, I took this from your whatever. Right? Yeah, but whatever he it was saying, something like, to it, you. she needed to interact to to delay. Oh, guess. right, yeah. She she did that to delay so that they could finish getting the, the scans. coordinates. And so she just kept going. Yeah, because once going. they engaged it, they still had to do their like, 130 it was like minutes. jumps, yeah. right? And yeah, and then after the jumps, it took like five minutes to... Compute it. Compute it. And yeah. so she was just buying as much time as possible. Let's and, fight. Let's yeah, and fight. so she, she fought. And that was... That was really cool, though. I mean, I liked uh, that she, and it is, I, and I also like that she brought up what some of us have been thinking about the Klingon honor system. Yes. Because a lot of us, the, it, the disconnect has been, like, these guys, 
Like the thing about Klingons is that they're they've always been brutal. They they've always yeah. been brutal, but there is an honor system right. in that brutality, at least with each other. And so seeing her go, well, what, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> aren't you supposed to be honorable? This is not honorable. And that, and You're the coal guy. I mean, he's killed other Klingon like heads of houses. Yeah, you know? he's a he, terrible, he, 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 terrible. He's person. not honorable, basically. Yeah, he's not honorable by a human or a Klingon standard. Right. And so that's really interesting. And then, but she so, kind of hit him with that. She did in his face. She did, and yeah. and that's kind of what we need. We wanted to hear that. Yep. We wanted to hear the the show admit that, you know, and say, okay, well, we're addressing it. At least now it's being addressed. So the other part too is, so they do get off the ship, and she does like, you know, the you know when she leaps and then beams out. That's yeah, that cool. was cool. And then the yeah, uh, she grabs the badge as it's falling, or he throws it, or something happens. Yes. she grabs the badge. She, grabs she, the badge. Take, she rips it off of she him. She rips it off of him before she falls. And then she falls, and, and they, then she jumps to yeah. get out of the way of. And yeah. the female Klingon torturer chick Grand somehow leaps. On. She leaps a transport. So that's interesting. Yeah. Now the real question that we're all thinking is what is going on now? Yeah. So they talk him in, you know, they've we've had the setup about the different universes now and the jumps and then Stamets well, don't forget says, the ship blew up too. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, the, sorry. The Thank death you. Ship, the, 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 the death ship. Yeah, I mean Cole's main. dead basically. Cole's unless dead. unless somehow anyone got no. off that ship. But they uh, died. Yeah. Or I mean they once they got this the frequency. They just blasted them with everything, yep, and they had no up. shield, so they're gone. Yeah, 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 that was pretty awesome. Which was surprising to me. I thought, like, oh, okay, now who's in charge of the Klingons? There's nobody but left. But that's good, though. Yeah. I mean, that makes more sense instead of having the super overpowered. That's what I was complaining about is that. But we have to get have on her. equal footing with them or else, or they else can't it doesn't make finish sense. finish the war. Right. Yeah. And the, the cloaking technology, but they've been giving it to all the other Klingons, right? Have they done right. that yet? They've done to some of them. <laughs> yeah, they did. But, yeah, okay. but it's no good anymore unless they forward. change it. It's no good to them anymore. Once right. they pass on that data to the other ships, yeah. they, it won't help them. Yeah, so. I know. I just mean how many other ships. I couldn't remember. There's not a lot of other ships left, yeah. I don't think. But So there's still a huge step forward, though, for the Starfleet. But then what happens right before the end is we've set up that there's all, you know, Lorca is talking about the different universes and Stamets is talking about these things that he's experiencing. And so we're talking, we're looking at different dimensions, parallel dimensions, uh, the dark matter, all of that funky network or whatever. Yep. We still don't know what Lorca's deal is. And that's part of the mystery well, of the show. Well, he typed something into his pad at so the end. Yeah. But, but also at the same time, not just the PTSD, but something's going on with that Klingon that they have yeah. because this all of this is happening so like all, there's something going on with her and it's not just between her and Tyler there's something weird happening because yeah you don't jump, know if she's whose side she's really on or who really. or what she is who or what right. she is possibly right maybe so she's not a Klingon maybe she's not a Klingon exactly so who knows in any of this because every and she even said something I can't remember what she said but she even said something kind of suspicious and then that's when they did the jump and then it if it's an incomplete jump or it was coordinates. And the thing is, is that the way Lorca reacted, there's a couple of things. One is his reaction meant that it, he was just as surprised as everybody else or he was feigning surprise because he did exactly what he was meaning to do or the other option is that he meant to interfere but it didn't go 
the way he thought. The way or he thought or wanted. And so he genuine he did do something, but he genuinely doesn't know where they are either. I like option three. I think yeah. I think he I think something he wanted to go somewhere, change something, and it didn't quite go right. Stamets either was it was too much of a push for him, or whatever happened, something interfered, and then they're like, okay, now we're here. Where are we? No one knows. They are, you know, he asked, where is it? No one knows where we are. So. Right. Okay. So now let's speculate wildly. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened with Tyler and the Klingon when he came to visit her in the cell? Yeah. <clears throat> because she, there. She seems to well, know just something. Sort of falls apart again, basically. Yeah. But right? what if she so. might be a, tra- a time traveler? What if she's a time traveler? That could be. I hope not. But or she's in, she's like another race, right. disguised as a Klingon. I've thought with her. I've thought because maybe she's Romulan and you don't see Ooh. her yet. She's stirring the pot. I think she's working her way with what happened on the original Klingon leader guy. What was that guy's name? Uh, the 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 first the, the one albino that got, Klingon. No, oh, well, no, no, no. The first uh, one that gets killed in like the first second episode. But whatever, that right. that bothered her, that hurt her. Right. And I think her, I think she's basically she has an playing ideology. like a, a, a situation to, she's all a right, well, I don't like Cole. I'll get the Federation and Starfleet to kill him. And right. I think she's just working angles she's to working get the Klingons angles. to where she wants. Right. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, I think the ship, I don't think they know where they are. Yeah, oh, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I and think I think anyone knows. I think that they're... In another, maybe another dimension in a different location. Mm-hmm, I agree. So, like, because there could have been anything. I think what happened was that Stamets was uh, fatigued from all the multiple jumps, and it wasn't Lorca the program. I agree. Like, I think he just he he couldn't do it anymore. So. Well, I mean, I th- I think if they had just thought. gone to Earth, like the the idea was, you know, he says, "All right, I'll do one more jump." Yeah. Lorca kind of offers him, like, "We'll just warp back to Earth." And, and Stamet says, no, I can do one more jump back to Earth. I, I do think by Lorca doing whatever he did, push, I think if they had just gone to Earth. But he didn't say Earth, he said home. That's the thing. Well, that's I've right. Sorry, not people. Earth. That's we're going to go to Starbase something for yeah, repairs, 41, 42. Like, Let's go home. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, hmm. Yeah, so I think they were they were ordered to go to a Starbase originally right. by the Admiral to, to regroup with the rest of the fleet, I think. Right. So, but not Earth, right? Right. But, the my, but I think Stamets got pushed. Right. Yeah. But I think my wild speculation is that it's possible. This is not, I've not read this anywhere. This is just me, whatever. What if Lorca is trying to get back to his home dimension because he's not really from this dimension or the dimension we're currently in, like that we've been watching, is not any, it's not prime, it's not the universe. Right, we're, we're assuming. And that maybe mm-hmm. we just jumped into our known what timeline we know from as TNG. our timeline yeah, like TOS, TOS yeah. TNG. Oh. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wild speculation, but I'm just putting it you know, it's interesting. And all of a yeah. sudden, all the other Starfleet ships they'll run into all have gold and, yeah, and exactly. blue and red uniforms. Yes. I mean, yes. they, they've commented a few things. I mean, one comment has been made that as the season goes on, they're going to make it, uh-huh. they're going to connect the, the eras better somehow. Yeah. Kind of like Rogue One. Yeah. Whether that's a universe thing or we're going to start seeing other ships more, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I think they're somewhere else. The, the, I was talking to Joe and Chris on texting the other day about it and you know there was a Jonathan Frakes who supposedly is directing an episode and oh he's directed several episodes I think and he's 
he has said that they're going to end up in the quote-unquote mirror universe. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's so, said the word mirror universe several right. times. And, and I still say that, well, I mean, that changes things because mm-hmm. when Kirk first visited it, at least, unless this never gets reported back to like Starfleet they're stuck there officially, <laughs> right? But they, the, they they wouldn't they would have had knowledge of the mirror universe before. But also, there's so much yeah. on discovery that that we shouldn't know. There's yeah. so much on discovery. True. That yeah. that is a black ops. Put it in the ground. You know. Right. Salt so the so earth. if 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 basically that yeah if basically this is all not common like it doesn't get put in the good old official right. Starfleet record. Right. Then they, then all bets are off, right? Then they can do anything they want. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So exactly. that that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. If, if it's if it's a very hush hush, super secret mission. And, and then they need Lorca because all the people in the mirror universe that are usually good captains in Starfleet are mm-hmm. all jerk faces like Lorca, so he kind of he, he works. I mean, he well, works in the in the mirror universe quite well. He yeah. just needs a beard now. <laughs> And we need more crop shirts. Yes. <laughs> we need more crop shirts for the ladies. So we want to wrap it up a little? or Yeah, where, yeah. Where yeah, we need I to wrap we it got up. Because we covered starting. it. Yeah, we got the con starting. So yeah. It's like there are people here. But comes back uh, like in January, January 8th, 8th yeah. I think. Like the first, second the second Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the first one is the January 1st. They wouldn't do it on New Year's Day. They but. would not. So the eighth, yeah, it comes back. Yep. It's exciting. It is. So. It's only six more episodes right? for the season. Mm-hmm. They did a little more in the first half, they showed us, than, than the second. So it's that's a good way good to do so it. It's going good so far. Probably. I like it. So yeah. if you have any crazy fan theories or yes. if you want to let us know what you thought of the episodes, you can contact us at girlygeeks at gmail.com. That's girlygeeks with a Z at gmail.com. You can uh, send memos that way, you know record with your smart devices you can send emails or you can call our voicemail line at well i hope you guys enjoyed listening to that guys and gals enjoyed that uh and uh yeah that was a lot of fun i i really enjoyed recording with them it's it's fun to be we've done skype shows uh video shows things uh together we've of course recorded at the conventions when we've been there uh, but, you know, the, the best is always to be re- right there in person uh, to talk about these things. It feels more um, relaxed, a little more comfortable, a little easier, that kind of thing. Uh, so that's all for that. Uh, what is coming up on Treks and Sci-Fi, you might ask? You might ask. <laughs> so um, next week I'm going to probably have a guest a spot. I'm going to try to get Mark back to do a classic, another one more classic sci-fi uh, fantasy type film or sci-fi film uh, before the end of the year. On the 17th or thereabouts, uh, that weekend, I am probably going to do a, a Skype cast, hope to do a Skype cast with the crew, with the gang, uh, and talk about The Last Jedi because, of course, that comes out in two weeks, believe it or not. So uh, that'll be around the 17th uh, in two weeks. Gosh, it's just two weeks away. On the 24th, uh, or thereabouts, I'm going to call it thereabouts because this is the holiday season, so these things can fluctuate a little bit. But sometime just a little before Christmas, I'm going to release a vidcast for um, for the end of the year, and that should be fun. Not quite sure what we're going to do. I don't know if we're going to do a Secret Santa this year or not. I haven't really put that together yet, so it might be a little too late. I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll think about that here in the next couple of days. But uh, anyway, some kind of vidcast before, right before Christmas. And then uh, on the, the last show of the year, the 31st or, or so, 
Uh, Vartok wants to do another a music show. I, I know he told me what he's going to cover, but I don't have it handy here. So, But it'll be a musical um, show about a composer, I think. I think that's what it was. I'm, he pretty much covers composers or a particular subject. Uh, but uh, but this was a composer, I'm pretty sure. And that'll be coming up uh, then. I'm actually going to um, slip in in this show um, probably here at the very end, uh, I think. Yeah, I think I probably just slip it in here in the end because if I don't do it now, I may it may get slipped into the uh, a wormhole somewhere. But Vartok put together a music uh, entry about Discovery, which should be appropriate for uh, I think does he cover Orville on this one? I, I'm, I'm not sure what he if he recovered covered that. I, but anyway, he he covers some recent um, music from uh, TV shows. So and I think it's Discovery, like I said, and maybe a little Orville. I really should listen at it. <laughs> Oh, I've been so busy traveling and things. But uh, anyway, I'm going to slide that here at the end of this podcast because this one's a little bit shorter anyway. Uh, so thanks for that, Vartak. Appreciate it. And, and then they, that'll end the show for this week. So uh, with all that said, uh, I hope you guys are having a great uh, holiday shopping season. <laughs> I should really start, I think. Probably be a good idea. And I hope you've been enjoying the podcast, the vidcast, the pictures, the video, everything from the con. If you want to support Treks and Sci-Fi, again, you can always do that. Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Treks and Sci-Fi. A dollar a month or two goes a long way and helps to show you support Treks and Sci-Fi. So um, with all that, here is Vartok. And I will talk to you guys again probably in a couple of weeks about The Last Jedi. So take care and take it away, Vartok. everyone, this is Vartok again with another Treks in Sci-Fi music moment. Normally one soundtrack and a few words, but for today's moment two soundtracks and a few words. For today's music moment, I'm going to talk about the theme song for two of the newest science fiction serial shows, Star Trek Discovery and The Orville. Now I suspect that most of you fellow fanboys and fangirls were more interested in the content of these two new shows when they first aired. For me, I was equally excited to hear the theme songs and learn more about the composers. Who was chosen by the studios, and what would their music sound like? Imagine my amazement when I found out that neither of the composers was really well known to me. The Orville, a science fiction comedy drama, premiered on September 10, 2017, on the Fox Network, with Seth MacFarlane as both the series creator and as the captain of the USS Orville, a mid-level exploratory space vessel in the Planetary Union, a 25th century interstellar alliance of Earth and many other planets. The theme music was composed by Bruce Broughton, whose only other work that I have in my music collection is the original motion picture soundtrack to the 1998 version of Lost in Space, and the 2016 Texas Rising miniseries, which he collaborated with John Debney. So who is Bruce Browden, and what else has he done? 
Well, surprising to me, I discovered that Bruce is a 72-year-old American orchestral composer of television, film, and video game scores and concert works. Bruce Broughton composes in almost every medium, from theatrical motion pictures and television to computer games, in styles ranging from large symphonic settings to contemporary electronic scores, such as the recently Emmy-nominated The Dive from Clausen's Pier. He has composed a score for many notable films, including Disney films such as The Rescuers Down Under, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, as well as popular westerns such as Silverado and Tombstone. Other films scored by him include Harry and the Hendersons, Miracle on 34th Street, The Boy Who Could Fly, and Young Sherlock Holmes. Additionally, he composed music for the video game Heart of Darkness, and the Steven Spielberg animated TV series Tiny Toon Adventures. With 23 nominations, Bruce has received the Emmy Award a record 10 times, most recently for his score to the HBO movie Warm Springs. His television credits include Gunsmoke, Barnaby Jones, Hawaii Five-O, Dallas, Quincy, How the West Was Won, Buck Rogers and the 25th Century, Amazing Stories, and Jag. Now on to the theme music for The Orville. At just around one minute, the theme music to The Orville, to me, sounds a lot like Star Trek music. It is dramatic with soaring strings, strong timpani strikes, and a full orchestral sound. The theme song is quite stirring and upbeat, and one with an easily memorable melody. So here is the theme music to The Orville. What's not to like about that theme song, a clarion song for the show? Other composers for the Orville, which is recorded using a 75-piece orchestra, have included the composers John Debney and Joe McNeely, names that I do recognize. Now on to Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Discovery premiered on September 24, 2017 on the CBS network and since then has aired exclusively on the much-discussed CBS All Access venue. Although set ten years before Kirk, Spock, and the Enterprise, the starship Discovery, by all appearances, is as modern-looking of a spaceship as you would ever want to serve. The composer for the theme song, Jeffrey Russo, 48 years old, is a composer, songwriter, guitarist, vocalist, and music producer. He has been active since 1993. He was one of the two founding members for the American rock band Tonic, 
and a founding member of the acoustic rock band Low Stars. Russo is also known for his work as a composer on various television shows, notably Fargo, Legion, and most recently Star Trek Discovery. He's also scored the miniseries The Night Of and the acclaimed video game What Remains of Edith Finch. For his work on Fargo, he won the Primetime Emmy Award in 2017. Jeff has scored films, TV programs, video games, and commercials. Some of his television shows include Unusuals, My Generation, Crossing Jordan, Necessary Roughness, Hostages, Power, Extant, Lucifer, Channel Zero, Ghosted, American Gothic, and CSI Cyber. Jeff Russo seems to be an up-and-coming composer. Now let's listen to the approximate 90-second theme song to Star Trek Discovery. Unlike the theme song to The Orville, the music starts out quietly, much like the original Star Trek series theme song, with individual notes, and then it builds. The string section comes up, followed by cymbals and the entire orchestra. The pace increases with sounds of anticipation and hope. I'm sure you noticed the original Star Trek theme by Alexander, or Sandy Courage, at the end of that music as a nod to the original TOS series. So yes, I have to agree that Russo's Star Trek Discovery theme is memorable, and falls in line with the other music in the franchise. Music to Star Trek Discovery is being recorded using a 60-piece orchestra. A few less than for the Orville, but I really admire series that put the extra effort into their music. So which theme song did you like best? Hmm, well, like Rico, I have to say that I'm taking great pleasure in anticipating and watching both series, and listening to the music as well. So I'm going to say, I think the music is different for each series. However, both are equally enjoyable. One can only hope that with the talent being employed, the episode music will be released at some point for purchase. And maybe the next Star Trek series can have its theme song sung by Jen and Angela. Let's hope so. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed this music and sci-fi music moment. And now back to you, Rico. Transfer of data is complete. On the first day of Christmas, Starfleet gave to me an honorary academy degree. On the second day of Christmas, Starfleet gave to me two dilithium crystals and an honorary academy degree. On the third day of Christmas, Starfleet gave to me three holodeck visits, two dilithium crystals and an honorary academy degree. On the fourth day of Christmas, Starfleet gave to me Four hats like Guinan's three holodeck visits, two dilithium crystals, and an honorary academy degree. On the fifth day of Christmas, Starfleet gave to me five huge pack legs. that make us go. Four hats like Guinan's three holodeck visits, two dilithium crystals, and an honorary academy degree. On the sixth day of Christmas, Starfleet gave to me Six type A phases, five huge pack legs. Can you make it go? Four hats like guidance, three holodeck visits, two dilithium crystals, and an honorary academy degree. On the seventh day of Christmas, Starfleet gave to me seven replicators, six type A phases, five huge pack legs. He is smart. Four hats like Guinan's three holodeck visits, two dilithium crystals, and an honorary academy degree. On the eighth day of Christmas, Starfleet gave to me eight Ractogenos, seven replicators, six type A phasers, five huge pack legs. We like power. Four hats like Guinan's three holodeck visits, two dilithium crystals, and an honorary academy degree. On the ninth day of Christmas, Starfleet gave to me nine Vulcan mind melts, eight Ractogenos, seven replicators, six type A phasers, five huge pack legs. We are far from home. Four hats like guidance, three holodeck visits, two dilithium crystals, and an honorary academy degree. On the tenth day of Christmas, Starfleet gave to me. Ten chocolate sundaes, nine Vulcan mind melts, eight Ractogenos, seven replicators, six type A phasers, five huge pack legs, four hats like Guinan's three holodeck visits, two dilithium crystals, and an honorary academy degree. On the eleventh day of Christmas, Starfleet gave to me eleven batless swinging, ten chocolate sundaes, nine Vulcan mind melts, eight Ractogenos, seven replicators, six Type A phasers, five huge pack legs. We are not strong. Four hats like Guinan's three holodeck visits, two dilithium crystals, and an honorary academy degree. On the twelfth day of Christmas, Starfleet gave to me. Twelve space-time continuums, eleven batless swinging, ten chocolate sundaes, nine Vulcan mind melts, eight Ractogenos, seven replicators, six type A phasers, five huge pack Our ship is the Mondor. Hats like Guinan's three holodeck visits, two dilithium crystals, and an honorary academy degree.
This has been a Rick Dosti podcast production.